Hey everyone, it's Justin from Inverse, and we want to let you know we have a whole new series of topics prepared just for you. They're going to be a little different. We've been following the Sabbath school topics for all four quarters every year, but now we're going to divert a little bit. We've gotten a lot of feedback from social media about young adults all around the world wanting to study their own topics. So we're going to follow the world church, but take a little riff on each topic. So for the next quarter, we're going to look at not Ezra and Nehemiah, but only the book of Nehemiah from the perspective of biblical leadership, how young adults can take over the world for Jesus. So we're really excited about this change. We want your feedback, and hopefully you're just as excited to study the Bible with us. Join our conversation here on Inverse. There are two types of people. There are people people, and there's project people. Which are you and what's the difference? Find out on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey friends, welcome to Inverse. We are in our third episode of this topic on leadership in the book of Nehemiah. I'm here with my friends here in the studio. We're going to look at the second half of Nehemiah chapter 2. So join us as we read. Before we read scripture, Jonathan, can you pray for us? Absolutely. Let's bow our heads. Father, we just love the Bible, and we're so excited as we're studying the book of Nehemiah to learn about how to be a leader. And Lord, we just ask that you will speak to our hearts as we go into the Word, as you always do and as you have promised. Give us insight and direct us. And may not only we, but everyone who's watching and studying with us be blessed as well. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Siku, let's go to Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 10 through 20. Okay. It says, When Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official heard of it, they were deeply disturbed that a man had come to seek the well-being of the children of Israel. So I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. Then I arose in the night and a few men with me. I told no one what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem, nor was there any animal with me except the one on which I rode. And I went out by night through the valley gate to the serpent well and the refuse gate and viewed the walls of Jerusalem which were broken down and its gates which were burned with fire. Then I went on to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, but there was no room for an animal under me to pass. So I went up in the night by the valley and viewed the wall. Then I came back and entered by the valley gate and so returned. And the officials did not know where I had gone or what I had done. I had not yet told the Jews, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or the others who did the work. Then I said to them, You see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lies waste and its gates are burned with fire. Come and let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. And I told them of the hand of my God which had been good upon me, and also of the king's words, which that he had spoken to me. So they said, let us rise up and build. Then they set their hands to this good work. But when Sanballat the Horonite, Tobiah the Ammonite official, and Geshem Geshem the Arab heard of it, they laughed at us and despised us and said, what is this thing that you are doing? Will you rebel against the king? So I answered them and said to them, the God of heaven himself will prosper us. Therefore, we, his servants, will arise and build. 
but you have no heritage or right or memorial in Jerusalem. Mm. Thanks, Siku. Thanks, Siku. Uh, Israel, what's going on in, in the second half of chapter 2? Sambal- uh, Sambalit, um, Nehemiah is the main character. Nehemiah. Yeah, Sambalit yeah. is one of the enemies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nehemiah is doing his homework, <laughs> and he 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 writes with great description what he does to prepare for the movement of the people mm-hmm. in 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 the building of the wall, mm-hmm. and he goes to great detail to show like he went in there, he uh, he discovered what was going on for himself. He's not hearing secondhand what is taking place. He's discovering for himself. And so you have here the pretty much the elements of what true leadership is. Nehemiah is going to identify himself with the people, right? He's going to say, come let us build. He's mm. going to work with the people himself. But in order for him to do that, he needs to first of all place himself in a situation where he can identify with the people. And then after that, after he's identified with the people, he will call the people to do the work. And he will tell them of two things. He will tell them of what God has done for him personally. And then he would also tell him, he would also tell the people what the king has done in order mm-hmm. to prepare. So well, he will uh, give a spiritual component of practice. Yeah, you're, you're going ahead of us, and we're going to get to all those points. And then, in many ways, the lesson's over. This is an overview. But uh, kind of <laughs> overview of, of where we've been so far is mm-hmm. that uh, Nehemiah has been just a really first-class, really top-class guy in talking to the king. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got tact down. He's got the wisdom thing down. And he's asking all these things. But now he's actually there. And the question is, why? Why doesn't he tell anyone? Mm. Uh, and why is he doing? Why is he going at nighttime? I guess the question is. Well, I think he doesn't want to rush anything. Mm. Uh, God has blessed him. He's there. He has help and support from the king. Uh, but he's not just like, "Hey, I'm here. Now let's do this." Mm-hmm. He, as, as Israel mentioned, he's investigating. He's he's making sure he understands the situation because thus far he has only heard the rumors and the descriptions from his brothers mm-hmm. but I was like I'm going to take a look at this and I want to understand the issues mm-hmm. because he can come like hey well like, I brought all this timber and all this rock and all this stuff that we need let's build mm-hmm. but you know he has to see if it's actually going to work so mm-hmm. he takes a look he goes around and he wants to have a good comprehensive image of what's going on so that he can also better relate to the people that he's going to be asking to help him build the this, walls this makes me think of conversations with my husband and he's an awesome guy but sometimes it's like you know you're yeah, i don't know there'll be marital insights from this <laughs> okay there we <laughs> go <laughs> no i mean you're you're or i am expressing something that happened or a situation that took place and yes. before i'm even done explaining the situation he's got a solution yes. mm. and i've heard it's a guy thing okay. you know oh no no don't don't blame yeah, don't. the problems of your husband <laughs> upon the entire male male gender that's Israel that's can a relate issue, to him issue your, <laughs> he's an intuitive gentleman okay <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, it's, it's, it's having, sometimes when we listen to a, a problem or a situation or we, or we see a problem, mm-hmm. it's easy to rush to a conclusion of what the solution is. Mm-hmm. But Nehemiah steps back and says, I need to take it slow and investigate for myself. Not even word of mouth what people are saying about the situation, mm-hmm. even though he's on the ground. He needs to determine for himself what are the issues that are involved, what, what's it going to take to resolve this. Well, I, I love the, the fact that, that what you mentioned is he's getting this uh, a first-hand, first-hand. account mm-hmm. of, of the situation for himself. Uh, so far, I mean, kind of, we, can, we may glance over it, but according to this narrative, where did he get his information from up to this point? 
his brother and just this guy named Hanani, Hanani. In, in chapter one, just yeah. from a just from an informal conversation. Yeah. Now he wants to see it for himself, so he's verifying the report. Mm-hmm. And it could be that maybe the report was wrong, and he can just have to return. Mm-hmm. So there is the element of sympathy and intuition and taking it easy, but there's also like let me just confirm mm-hmm. if this fake news is fake or if this real news is real, mm-hmm. and to see it with his own eyes. Well, I, I saw this more actually as I see this more as. Um, Nehemiah kind of preparing himself to fight in his own armor. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he trusts Hanani because he asks Hanani what's mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. He considers, he calls him one of his brothers, mm-hmm. right? And so I, my sense from reading the passage is that he, he, he's got a very good connection with them. Mm-hmm. Now, once you, and, and what, he, what is taking place in chapter 2 is not to verify and check what is taking place in chapter 1, but rather to build upon what is taking place in chapter 1. Mm-hmm. So Hanani has given to him uh, a, a picture of what is going on. That has created a burden for Nehemiah. Nehemiah has received his purpose from chapter 1. God is calling me as a king's cupbearer to do something. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do? I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have to kind of go and investigate for myself, and I'm going to get my own mental picture. And, and look at what it says there. You, it goes, it goes uh, to talk about what God is doing for him and what the king is doing for him. These are now personal things. Mm. Nehemiah is now becoming personally involved. This is now becoming his personal mission. And this is an important lesson for leaders. We need to fight in our own armor. Mm. There's a lot of issues that are going around in the world today, people talking about these issues. These issues might be true. These individuals might have great solutions for these issues. That does not negate the fact that God, even though he speaks corporately, also speaks individually. Whenever we're called to address a specific item that we have responsibility for, it's important for us as leaders to say, well, the homework has been done for me upstairs. Now I'm going to do... No, we have to, we have to make sure that we are doing our own homework for the, for the projects that we are called to lead and to fight in our own armor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can, I, can I add to um, in verse 12 where you know, he's talking about he took only a few people with him and he says even, nor was there any animal with me except the one on which I rode. Mm-hmm. Um, highlighting the, the secrecy of this mission, he's saying it wasn't a loud thing. You take too many animals, if everyone, every animal's neighing and you know, it becomes this big commotion and people know what you're up to. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it makes me think about sometimes when we... When we think about leadership, we think of the outward show. It's it's the when he, yes. it's the speech that he gives. Let us rise and build. You know mm-hmm. that's when we think of leadership. But leadership is what you do in private, mm-hmm. in quiet, in hiding from other people. It's not about showing yourself to be some awesome person, but it's actually about you know taking the time to prepare and the things you do behind the scenes that actually mm-hmm. make you a great leader. Mm-hmm. That's right. I'm just thinking maybe from a, a cultural perspective here. Uh, these people of Jerusalem are hanging out, and then they see this representative from the royal courts coming. Mm-hmm. What is your natural inclination? Or like, wow, we got to put our best foot forward. And you show maybe the parts of the wall that are kind of okay. <laughs> and then this is what this is what we've done thus far. We're so happy that you're here. But he doesn't. That, that is really not mentioned in the text, which is pretty a normal standard protocol when when someone famous comes. Mm-hmm. But he comes in the night when everyone's sleeping. He's doing this assessment for himself. It's, uh, as you said, it's very interesting that he says that there's no other animals except for the one that, that he mm-hmm. rides. Maybe for the noise factor, indeed. 
Um, I want to ask you, maybe we're going to transition a little bit, but I mentioned in my opener, uh, are you people people or are you project people? Are you, are you more, we established in our last episode that, uh, that Sebastian was more sanguine and, and extroverted and just, you know, always, you know, socializing all the time. What, what about you guys? Jonathan kind of talked about, but are you more choleric, more sanguine, uh, or are you just phlegmatic and you hate this question altogether? I'm a very balanced individual. <laughs> I would say I'm 50-50. Okay. That's where I stand. All right, 50-50 of what and what? What you just said? Okay, <laughs> I mentioned three project. things, so the math doesn't work out there. Uh, so you, you're clearly phlegmatic uh, and, and melancholic in, in pain of this question. How about you, Siku? I, I, I'm about the project. You're about the project. People ruin the project. People ruin the project. Yeah, if you could do a project without people interfering, like <laughs> it would be perfect. Wow, wow. I love you guys. Yeah, no, hey, we we will pray for you. She wants to do um, the show by herself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. <laughs> So you see, you see a balance here of Nehemiah, kind of the first half of the passage we, we read. He's a cleric guy. Really, the, the whole chapter of two, he's cleric. He's getting the stuff done. But his ultimate goal of all these, all these, these elements is at the end, like you mentioned. Um, you, verse 17, he says, I, say, I said to them, you see the distress that we are in. And mm-hmm. I love the pronouns, we. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could easily say, you are in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he could usually use the shame, blame, yeah. and saying, look, you guys are idiots. You guys have been doing this for how long? Now, now good thing I came along, mm-hmm. and then I can, I can help you out. But he places himself, yeah. he says, come and let us build the wall of a Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. Well, I think Nehemiah understands that this project can only done be, uh, be done with other people. Mm-hmm. So he, he does have, you know, I want to get this project planned out and, you know, here's what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. But he, he understands he needs to be on board or he needs to have his people on board. <clears throat> but he's not just doing this for the purpose of getting the job done. Mm-hmm. He has a burden for his people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was initially like, you know, Jerusalem, my people, it's a shame. It's, you know, we need to change this. God needs to intervene. And so he wants everyone to understand what God is trying to do here. Uh, so, so what he, you're saying is he needs the people to get the project done, but also the project is, is needed to get the people back stored or, yeah. or, or back to where they got to go. Yeah. Siku. You saying that makes me think about the way that God works with us mm-hmm. even because God could be way more efficient without us because mm-hmm. we totally mess things up all the time. Mm-hmm. But God's purpose in you know whatever his project is isn't just the project, isn't yes. just efficiency, but he's actually trying to build us up yes. as well. So he involves us in his work, Amen. not just to get an efficient, yeah. quick Amen. result, right. but he's Amen. trying Siku. to. That's why you need to work with That's people, why I'm here. work with <laughs> us. Uh, when we come back after the break, Siku will we'll repent from her ways <laughs> and work with us in our conversation on Nehemiah chapter 2. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Welcome back, friends. We are in Nehemiah chapter 2. And we're debating the difference between people, people, and project people. And as Siku is repenting from her ways, she says that she loves people, but people ruin things. <laughs> and, and that is true. That is true. We, we, we do see that in chapter 2. Let's go to verse 19. Uh, when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official, we also see them in, in verse 10, Sanballat and Tobiah. Let's talk a little bit about that. 
right in the beginning of where Nehemiah is trying to restore God's project in Jerusalem, there's these there's these annoyances that occur. Should mm -hmm. that occur? And opposition will always arise when we're trying to do God's will. Mm -hmm. uh, and and a person who doesn't expect that is naive mm -hmm. at best. You know, and so oh, such cynicism and, yeah, and such a reality <laughs> we, check. It's You're you know slapping it's, these young it, ones and well it's you know, just want to start something at church, and, we, and then the elders are, are preventing that from happening, and they're going to be quoting Israel Ramos someday. Yeah, and, so hopefully not. <laughs> so um, every time, you know, it, yeah, I think it's naive for us to kind of expect that the devil is going to pat us on our back and wish us well whenever we want to advance God's kingdom. So we are in a spiritual war. This mm -hmm. is spiritual warfare, and this is part of growing up. There are There is going to be friction yeah. uh, with, with, with and, God's work. And the experience, and later on as we study the book of Nehemiah, we'll discover that God is interested in the experience mm. and the process. Mm -hmm. And so Sika was saying, you know, people ruin projects. The problem is I'm a person. Mm -hmm. So everyone involved in the project, even if I work by myself, mm. I'm going to ruin the project. And mm -hmm. so the issue is here that God has to lead us through a process that while he's restoring the wall, he's also restoring his people. Mm -hmm. And while he's restoring his people, he's restoring the person, mm -hmm. right? So Nehemiah is being restored too. And so the opposition that Nehemiah faces is going to teach him how to be a leader. Mm -hmm. It's going to teach the people how to build the wall. And at the same time, it's going to also differentiate between who God's people are and who uh, the opposers of God's people are. Mm -hmm. that, I, I never thought of that, actually, yeah. about that. Okay. Nehemiah, because I always thought of Nehemiah as, like, super awesome because he's, he's uh, strategic in his planning, you know, he's prayerful, like, all these things that we've already seen up until this point. But the experience that Nehemiah goes through in rebuilding the wall and rebuilding the people actually builds Nehemiah himself mm -hmm. as well mm -hmm. so that... When he's saying, I answer them in verse 20, the God of heaven himself will prosper us. Mm -hmm. Like he, He's aware that it's not his awesomeness that's going to get what the work that needs to yeah. be done, but that God will give them the prosperity that yeah. they're looking he's for. He's driven to the foot of the cross, even though the cross hasn't happened yet, it's going to happen for a couple of hundred years, but he's driven to the foot of heaven for help. Mm -hmm. But there is a double nuance to this. And then though I do, do agree with you, the opposition gets to him, and maybe I'm going to fast forward to like, like chapter 13. Nehemiah doesn't end up all that, all, maybe this is too much of a sneak peek, but it, it can go either way. It mm. can either go away. Opposition really, really hardens us, or it can be compliable to the, to the grace of God. Um, let's go to chapter 10 and chapter, chapter 19. When you compare those two. You mean verse, verse 10. 10. Oh, what did I, oh, sorry. Verse 10. Uh, Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official heard of it. They were deeply disturbed that the man had come to seek the well-being of the children of Israel. And go to verse 19. You have Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite. And there's a third character that's introduced mm. in verse 19. And Geshem the Arab heard of it. Uh, and you see that there is a, what, the, they're talking and there's, there's, they're growing. And there's an alliance. Mm -hmm. um, so while Nehemiah is growing here, the opposition is growing. Mm -hmm. So what? How do we? How do we deal? Does that freak you out? Mm -hmm. That as you are planning and God's work is moving forward, maybe you propose something at church and the church is excited, but then the opposition is also growing. How do you deal with that? I look at I look in verse 20 at Nehemiah's question. Firstly, pointing to God Himself. You know, mm -hmm. the God of Heaven will prosper us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, being the first response is you know god yes. you know like we may not be able to do it but god can god is able yes um but he continues and says therefore because god's got this because we don't have to worry about 
um, this opposition that's coming up against us. Therefore, we, his servants, will arise and build. Let's focus on the mission that God has mm -hmm. for us. Mm -hmm. So trusting that God is, God is in control of these circumstances and these people who are coming and, you know, haters going to hate, but let us just focus on the mission that God has given to us. And then he goes on and he says, um, you have no heritage or right or memorial in Jerusalem. And my translation of it is like, okay, y'all Sambalat, Tobiah, Geshem, mind your own business. You know what mm. you're talking about. Right. Yeah. You know, I really like um, the fact that it says here in verse uh, 18, and I told them of the hand of my God, which had been good upon me, mm -hmm. and the king's words. Mm -hmm. So kind of what he brought out, he, he refers to God first. And, and we see here the power of your testimony. Mm -hmm. You know, what do you, what do you do when you want to get people, you know, involved? And what do you do when opposition arises? You have to understand where you are and that God is with you. I think if Nehemiah didn't have the clear understanding that God's hand was with him, mm -hmm. he might have crumbled right there. Yes. Because, yeah, I mean, these are officials. They have connections everywhere. Nehemiah might not even know a lot of people in Jerusalem. Yes. And so he is he against all these guys. Yeah, he has some letters from the king, but apparently those three guys don't care about the letters of the king. So um, what is he standing on? He's standing on the fact that God has clearly guided him in the process. Mm -hmm. And so he will refer to that. He will share that story, very important to share that story um, with the people. And then um, he, he builds his, his whole case on the fact that God is working. It's an amazing testimony. I mean, even when we read it, we get excited about mm -hmm. it. He's telling this to them real time, and it's their immediate context. Mm -hmm, yeah. saying God's blessing us now. And he just he keeps on talking. Verse, verse 18, and he says, so they said. Mm -hmm. So it's not him saying, let us arise. Mm -hmm. He's giving the testimony and using encouragement and using empowerment. Mm -hmm. And until they said, let us rise up and build, you get this kind of like, you know, duck, uh, goose, goose, uh, goose bumps. bumps around your back of your neck. And you just, you want, you want, I want to rise up with these people and, and mm -hmm. with my shovel and, and my, my, my whatever. The, and more and more as Nehemiah unfolds, it's going to be clearly established that the foundation of chapter one is crucial to everything else that happens. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of times when we, when we look at what we're facing, what's before us, you look at statistics. Hey, more than 90% of the people that try to do what you're going to do are going to fail. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the odds are against you. Every, you're going to face opposition when you do God's will because the reality is that research, that society... Everything stacks up against the church of God all the time. History, mm -hmm. right, is stacked up against the word of God. Everything is stacking up against Nehemiah except one thing, and that is chapter 1, mm -hmm. his experience with God. You talk about it through prayer or whatever, but it's an experience with God. And so Nehemiah is not looking at, oh, well, Ezra tried to rebuild the wall mm -hmm. and, and failed. He's not looking at previous experiences. He's not looking at his present situation. Mm -hmm. You know, Sambalat, Tobiah, Geshem, these things are growing, right? The opposition mm -hmm. is growing. He's not focused on that. What he's focused on, the reality of his experience with God, which, by the way, was founded on mm -hmm. the promises of God, the mm -hmm. Word of God. Mm -hmm. And so this is what's going to drive Nehemiah to be able to push and push and push, regardless of what happens. Mm -hmm. Also, we have a lesson here for Sambal and Tobiah Geshem. And that is like, look, God is going to prosper us. Mm -hmm. Why? Because my experience tells me that. Mm -hmm. And he's already done that. But you, you know, you have those words, but you have no place in, in uh, whatever, in whatever, Jerusalem. in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so 
here we have a, a, a lesson or a word of warning to the haters because sometimes we are the haters, mm. you know, and, and, and sometimes we are the haters when people come to us and they want help or they want assistance or encouragement. And we say, no, have you looked at the statistics? Have you seen the research? Wow. And so here you have a word to the haters as well. Like, look, don't get involved uh, in it. Don't be a part of the people that work against God and discouraging mm. laborers. Mm -hmm. And it's important for us, even if we don't agree sometimes with the approach that people are taking in their, oh, I want to change the world. I want to, you know, do this and that. Sometimes we want to kill their vision because they don't have enough, whatever. But we need to find a way to either keep our mouth shut or encourage the labor the laborer in ministering for God's church. So we automatically identify with the Nehemiahs out there. Mm. Yeah. You're saying, nah, uh, uh, sometimes, sometimes we're Tobias. Sometimes we're the yeah. Sambalats and Tobias out there. Yeah, yeah that's, yeah. that is sobering. I got to admit, I, I, I am one of those. I'm a hater. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, unless we're Nehemiah, we are Tobiah, right? Unless we're the ones that are like, come up with right. the idea of building the wall. Right. Then we're, it's easy. The temptation for me always has been, yeah. if the idea is not mine, yeah. then I'm going to shoot it down. Yeah. You know, that's just the natural inclination. Yeah. And it happens all the time at home. Judy comes up with, my wife comes up with an idea. And I'm like, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> but when I come up with an idea, I'm like, this is the greatest idea that's ever come. And then she says, no. Nah. She says, no. You're like, oh, you Tobiah, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so, we're, you know, um, we're always Tobias unless we feel like we have the Nehemiah wall. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but, you know, most really of the time fun. we're Tobias. Can I, can I um, backtrack to the point before the... Yes. We are to Sambalats. Okay. Um, we were talking about the testimony and the power mm -hmm. and the importance of the testimony. Um, just by virtue of by virtue of the fact of sharing his testimony, Nehemiah becomes a leader. Yes. Um, and every single time that when we've had an experience with God and we share our testimony, mm -hmm. in that context, we are a leader. And it just the testimony itself calls mm -hmm. people to follow the the way that we've been going. Whether it's mm -hmm. oh, you know what I was so depressed and life was so hard and then I took up running and you know suddenly I, my mood is better I, I mean that's a testimony about yes. the power of exercise in your life and just by sharing that testimony you are put in a position of leadership to lead the, uh, someone else mm -hmm. to adopting exercise in their life mm -hmm. so just by virtue of, of sharing your testimony and the power that a, mm -hmm. a personal testimony mm -hmm. Of, of a relationship with God has and the power of sharing that testimony has in, in the influence that we have as leaders. Yeah. It, for, the way I see this is the, for Samuel and Tobiah, they're wondering how Nehemiah and even God, how do they fit in my, in my story? Mm -hmm. And really, they don't fit in my story. You know, Samba and Tobiah had local interests. They had a vision for, for Jerusalem. They, they had something. They, and then these guys come, they're ruining that plan. Mm -hmm. So they got to be out. And here, Nehemiah is thinking about how am I part of God's plan? Yeah. And that's the, that's the source of his encouragement. And the source of a lot of haters is how do you fit? How does this fit into my life? Mm -hmm. You don't fit in my life, so we're going to knock it down. And we got to be part of God. When, when, when Nehemiah says, the hand of God was upon me, mm -hmm. he's looking at this all transcendently from the bird's eye view, from God's perspective yes. down. You know, I, I think Nehemiah also has here a certain understanding of his identity mm. uh, as an Israelite. And you know, yeah, he was he was in exile, but he's coming back, mm. and he's bringing, I think, through his testimony, revival to the identity of the Israelites. Hey, we are, you know, we are the Israelites. We have a purpose. Jerusalem is the city of God. Mm. You know, he's maybe awakening them to that fact that hey, this needs to happen. I think identity when we when we deal with opposition in the work of God, 
when we know our identity is firm in, in the Word of God, identity is firm in our understanding of, of God's calling for us in these last days that we're living in, mm-hmm. um, that will give you strength and also tact and, and wisdom in how you deal with opposition. Mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. When you see these two verses, uh, especially in verse 19, Sanballat the Horonite was from the north, uh, Tobiah the Ammonite was from the east, mm-hmm. and then they were together, and slowly they create an alliance with Geshem the Arab from the south. You'll see it in later chapters. Mm-hmm. They, they talk to the Ashtadites who are on the west, and there, there's this growing you know, alliance, a coalition all around Israel. Mm-hmm. And they are looking for a horizontal alliance. And here Nehemiah is thinking, who do I connect with? Mm-hmm. And the only person we can connect with is God for a vertical alliance. We need that experience from Nehemiah chapter 1 to keep us through the hard times. Hopefully that's been encouragement to you. That's been encouragement personally for me. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week here on Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.